Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Jed. It's 1.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. We'll tell you, Royal Pizza, 50 years. Pizza passed and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated... 50 years for menu and locations. Visit royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation, the Mediterranean chicken. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, wait till you hear this day in order's history coming up about 155. We'll also, at 150, hear from Alex Turcott out of the U.S. National Development Program, a potential top five pick for the NHL entry draft. But as promised, coming up Saturday, it is the Edmonton Oilers locker room sale. Dwayne Tomko from the Oilers Entertainment Group to uh, join us right now to tell us about the event. Dwayne, how you doing? Not too bad, Bob. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So the genesis of this, how many years now have, uh, you know, the Oilers been doing this Oilers locker room sale? Well, this is uh, number 13 for us. Uh, it's, it started from humble beginnings uh, way back when, and uh, it's grown to uh, quite the spectacle and event, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. We're in kind of crunch time here for the last 48 hours getting ready, and we'll be setting up on Friday on the rink floor here down at Rogers, and uh, we'll... Uh, be looking forward to seeing all the Oilers fans and collectors. All right, so it takes place uh, 11 until 2 o'clock, and what sort of items are available at the locker room sale? Well, we've got something for everybody. Uh, if you're if you're a collector looking for something for your uh, rec room or man cave, uh, we've got you covered. We've got uh, game-worn jerseys from uh, the current team and all the way back uh, last 20 years. We've got jerseys that we pulled out of the vault. Um, so we've, we have uh, the jerseys. We've got game-used sticks, gloves, helmets, skates. Uh, and everything in, belie- uh, in between for the collector side of things. And as far as uh, if you're a rec hockey player uh, or beer leaguer and, and you're looking for uh, anything from used sticks to new sticks we, uh, to goalie equipment, uh, you name it, we've got it uh, direct from both the Oilers and the Oil King locker rooms and all at fantastic pricing, whether it's new or used. All right, and all the stuff gets authenticated, right? Yeah, uh, everything we work with, uh, Jeff Lang and, our, and Rogan Dean, our, our, our respective equipment managers for both teams, everything comes direct from the locker room. We uh, put it through uh, an inventory process and an authentication process. Everything uh, come if, if the, the goal pucks and sticks and, and all that good stuff, we'll have our Oilers Authentic hologram on there to pr- protect the, your investment as a collector. And all the game-worn jerseys come with set tags. Uh, and a serialized um, uh, registry tag also sewn right into the jersey. So it's straight off the, the player's back. 
uh, into the washing machine, and then we get them and, and, and we put them up for sale. From the Oilers Entertainment Group, Dwayne Tomko joining us. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Uh, it is the Edmonton Oilers locker room sale, 13th year now. Going to take place Saturday from 11 until 2 p.m. You've also got a, uh exclusive set of 2018-2019 40th anniversary game-worn retro blue jerseys available as well. Is that right? Yes, we do. Uh, we've got the jerseys that the guys wore for the last two games uh, that we, of the four that we wore this year. So I think it was December 31st and, and March uh, 7th. And uh, those are going to be a real hot uh, item at the sale. And in addition to that, we've also got uh, a set of white jerseys from the first game in Sweden. Uh, the third period jerseys, uh, complete with McDavid, Drysdale, you name it, everybody's there. So uh, I anticipate that there's going to be a mad rush to the uh, the game worn jersey section, and uh, and you know if jerseys aren't your thing. We literally have every, you know, everything in, in between, as I said. I was watching a recap of uh, Leon Dreisaitl's 50 goals this season. Of course, he got the second goal against New Jersey over in Gothenburg, but he got, I think he had two against the Winnipeg Jets that game on the 31st of December that you mentioned as well. Uh, you've got uh, some special appearances. Uh, we'll start with the Oil Kings guys. David Cope, who's eligible for this year's draft. Dylan Gunther, the number one overall pick in the WHL Bantam draft last year, consensus top 15 pick for 2021 NHL draft. So they'll be there representing the Oil Kings, which is always a good thing, Dwayne. You got her. Uh, you know, if, if you guys haven't heard of, uh, um, I think Oil Kings fans certainly know of David Cope and, and got a, a little taste of uh, what Dylan Gunther can do. Uh, if you haven't heard his name now, you will, but certainly in the future. He's, he's going to be a great player for the team, and we're very excited to have him sign an autograph. Uh, at the, at the sale, and uh, we've also got, uh, uh, and, and if folks haven't heard, we've got uh, two uh, very special guests coming from the Oilers side of things. We've got uh, defenseman Chris Russell um, and um, Oilers goaltending legend uh, Bill Ranford will be signing autographs between 11.30 and 1 as well. All right, awesome stuff. So it all takes place uh, down at Rogers Place from 11 until 2. This is a uh, family-friendly event, is that right? Yeah, it's free. Everybody's welcome. So, you know, get there, get early, uh, get in line. And uh, it's always interesting and, and fun to watch the, the lineup and the uh, the process that's involved, uh, how, how people scatter to which specific table. And it's it's always lots of fun. And uh, we're, we're very excited and, and looking forward to Saturday. All right. Great stuff, Dwayne. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Bob. Take care. Take care. That's Dwayne Tomko from the Oilers Entertainment Group. Again, it is the Oilers locker room sale, 11 till 2 p.m. Saturday. All right. Uh, again, uh, we'll get back to some of the Heartland Ford texts at 6.30, 6.30 in a second. Uh, but I I, I, I got to get to something here involving Alex Turcott. I promised we'd, uh, myself and Jack Michaels and Tony Brar and uh, cast of thousands from the Oilers' uh, uh, web team, including Paul Gazzola, uh, made our way to Buffalo. We did a bunch of different interviews. Uh, we ran the Kirby Doc interview on Monday. It was very composed. Uh, Doc, I have as a consensus top five pick. In fact, it might be a decision between Doc and Turcott for a couple organizations. We know number one's going to be Jack Hughes. We know Capo Caco is going to go number two to the New York Rangers. Does Bo and Byram go three? Or does... Turcott, who's from Chicago, go third to the Blackhawks at that stage. Well, let's get to our conversation with uh, U.S. National Development Program player Alex Turcott. How's this experience been like for you here over the course of the week? Yeah, definitely uh, a new experience for me and uh, 
uh, something that it's really cool to be a part of, and it's, I think it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So I think um, I was just myself and, uh, and just tried to enjoy it, and it was definitely uh, something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Uh, can you speak to, uh, you know, maybe your skill guy, but uh, aspects of maybe what you think you need to work on the most to get to the next level and play in the NHL? Yeah, probably uh, I think I can get a lot stronger lower body and upper body and just get more physically developed. And um, I think I'm at a, a good base right now, but I think uh, like I, I've been out with uh, an injury and the sickness this year. I miss a lot of uh, training, and I think uh, I can definitely get stronger. And I think um, on, the, on the ice, I think uh, I can always keep improving my shot. Uh, how many different NHL teams ended up talking to you over the course of the week? And uh, were there, was there any kind of surprising questions along the way? Uh, there was only 13 teams I talked to, and uh, there wasn't really any surprising questions. Yeah, I didn't get any. I know a couple of my buddies got uh, asked some weird ones, but, uh, yeah, I just got the, the pretty standard ones. Your father, Alfie, played on one of the greatest junior teams of all time, the Portland Winter Hawks, who won the 83 Memorial Cup. Uh, I had a lot of toughness. You know, Cam Neely was on that yeah. team, Jim Playfair, uh, Brian Curran, uh, John Cordick was from Edmonton. Mm -hmm. uh, just in terms of uh, your dad and maybe how he, he helped you along the way here to get to here. Yeah, obviously uh, he was a really successful junior player and he played 15 years of pro, uh, which uh, is definitely uh, it's kind of rare, I guess. And uh, it's pretty cool to, ha to have him by my side and kind of show me the ropes and, and, and uh, give me some pointers. And I think uh, it can only help you. And um, he's definitely uh, made me into the player I am today and, and the person. So he's helped me a lot. Chicago kid, so I'm going to hazard a guess. But give me a thought on uh, the, you know, the player you idolized growing up as a kid. Um, yeah, idolized, I think uh, I was Sidney Crosby. was my always my favorite player, but I think someone that I model my game after is uh, definitely Jonathan Taze. All right. Well, best of luck moving forward. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And highly unlikely that he'll be available at number eight when Edmonton picks, just to set the record straight. So, Alex Turcott, uh, you old school guys would remember how tough that Portland team was. They won the 83 uh, Memorial Cup. Ken Hodge, Brian Shaw in collaboration, uh, moving the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings to Portland. For a while, that combination of it, the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Portland Winterhawks, I think until about... 2015 or 2016 had had the most NHL draft choices of any major junior team. Uh, they were tough, man. They were really tough. I think Ferraro, Ray Ferraro was on that team for a while as well. Cam Neely. I mean, there's, uh, they were Cooperalls too back in uh, 82, 83. If you uh, go on hockeyfights.com and go look up a, a John Cordick fight, I think he fights Craig Berube, the chief. Um, who, of course, now is obviously the head coach of the St. Louis Blues. And, and the funny thing about John Cordick growing up, I played against him. Uh, he was, I mean, he became who he was in junior. He was actually a, a relatively skilled uh, defenseman that could uh, skate, move the puck a bit. But you know what? You get to major junior at that time when there's only 12 WHL teams. I think that was the switch from 12 to 14 in 83, 84. And uh, your role changes a bit, and he could chuck him. And uh, fast hands, pretty good left hand as well. And for a while, 85, 86, when John Corda came up with the Montreal Canadiens, he was amongst, um, you know, one of, the, one of the toughest guys in the year. I know, he, you know, like Dave Semenko, God rest his soul. And, of course, obviously, John Cordick passed away uh, in an incident with the Quebec Provincial uh, Police. Uh, but Dave Semenko had some tough fights with Tim Hunter. John Cordick mopped the floor of him because he, he 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 had the Pistons going. He could he could swing. Another guy who's no longer with us from that era was Todd 
Ewan out of uh, the New Westminster Bruins. He was actually an Oilers draft choice. And Todd Ewan, and we brought this up before, the one guy to flat out drop Bob Probert. I mean, flat out caught him with the first punch and knocked him into next week. Um, so Ewan could hurt you. Cordic wasn't as, uh, didn't have that knockout punch, but he could hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you. It was just completely a different game back then. A lot of the Western Canadian players were, you know, there was an intimidation factor that would transition in to the Memorial Cup. I mean, the new Westminster Bruins won back-to-back Memorial Cups in the late 1970s with a defense bigger than the Philadelphia Flyers. Think about that. The junior defense was bigger and more intimidating under Punch McLean than the Flyers were. Of course, the Canadians had sort of, after the Flyers won their back-to-back Cups in 73, 74, 74, 75, Canadians went on a four-year run, and legend has it that there was a game in the preseason in 1975 in the Spectrum, and the Montreal Canadiens dressed their eight toughest guys in their organization, went into the Spectrum in a preseason game, and just threw down and got it over with. And Larry Robinson, I asked him about it once. I don't know where the tape is off. Larry, by the way, is doing some work in St. Louis right now. He'd tell a story because Mo Robinson, his brother, was one of the guys, Glenn Goldup, another. I mean, they, Brian Shanahan, yes, that Shanahan, the older brother of Brendan, was uh, amongst the guys that was brought in to uh, deal with the Flyers. And Moose DuPont, by the end of the game, wanted no part of it. Different game indeed today, different time. But uh, Elfie Turcotte's son, Alex Turcotte, a gifted guy. Brian Kern was coaching in the Alberta Junior Hockey League somewhere. I'm trying to think of where. And Semenko fought him too when Kern came up with the Boston Bruins. The Oilers went in there. Bruins would win the regular season games, and the Oilers went 5-0 and against Beantown come playoff time in the Stanley Cup Finals. 147 in Edmonton. We're going to take a step out, get to some more text at 630-630. And you can uh, tweet us as well. At Oilers Now, this is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oh, I love doing this show. It's 151 in Edmonton. Um, before we get to the state of Oilers history, I got to get back to the text. So we're sitting here talking about how tough the Winterhawks were in 1983 and how tough John Cordick was. And I get a text out of the blue saying, Ian Gallagher beat the blank out of Cordick and Almay. And so I've, I'm trying to verify it. Uh, I'm trying to verify if, if there was indeed a fight between Ian Gallagher and uh, Al May, because I know them both. For those of you that don't know, Ian Gallagher is the father of Montreal Canadiens' Brendan Gallagher in lacrosse. Because Ian wasn't a great player. He was basically a junior B-caliber hockey player that uh, Al Hamilton brought up to protect some kids with the Sherwood Park Crusaders. And he did beat the living snot out of guys once he came up. Like, I don't think he lost a fight, according to Al. But in lacrosse, in about 86 or 87, uh, the Gold Bar Miners played in the Western Canadian uh, Championships, and the New West Salmon Bellies, flew in the number two ranked heavyweight in Canada, Gord Reset, to uh, fight Ian Gallagher. That's Brendan's dad. And it did not go well for Mr. Reset. 
his head was bounced off the pavement multiple. This is a guy who was the number two ranked heavyweight boxer in the country, and he got the snot kicked out of him by Ian Gallagher. So there we go. And I, I'm getting guys texting me like, this is funny now. What's going on here? Uh, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at orders now. Uh, Jason from Sangudo wins the text of the day. Bob, are you selling your rose-colored glasses at the locker room sale? No, I'm keeping those ones on for a while. So, hey, some, yeah, yeah, got to believe a little bit. 153, keep texting us. Uh, Bob, uh, could the Oilers on our Heartland Ford text line, could the Edmonton Oilers trade Chris Russell just to dump the salary and take nothing back? Uh no, I do think there'd be some interest around the league in Chris Russell, but I, I think that there would have to be a piece moving back the other way as well. Well, this unfortunately is a bit of a bummer day for a lot of fans here in Edmonton, but they think back to us. This day in Oilers history, we go back to 2006. It's game one of the Stanley Cup final. It was, and Rod Brendamore scored with 32 seconds left in the game. It was a second goal of the game, and that broke a 4-4 tie and pushed the Hurricanes past the Oilers in game one of the Stanley Cup final. Ethan Morrow, Chris Pronger, Alish Hemsky, Fernando Pisani, they all scored for the Oilers in this one. Now, Bob, this was the game that Dwayne Rollison went down, was it not? It was. An outside drive by... Andrew Laid, Andrew Ladd, Matt Green was on defense, but Bergeron overcompensated on the play. A lot of people blamed Green, uh, blamed Green, but it was the over rotation on Bergeron drilling and knocking Rollison out of the series. And then the Oilers. The other thing is Craig McTavish was alternating between UC Markkinen and Ty Conklin, the backup goaltenders, all playoffs. Markkinen went the rest of the way in the playoffs after Conklin had the malfunction at the junction. The Oilers gave away the game-winning goal in that game. There was a misread uh, back behind the Oilers' net between Conklin and Jason Smith. Um, Hey, Edmonton, in fairness to what the Oilers accomplished in 2006, it was remarkable that that it went seven games. And frankly, another bounce or two against Carolina, and they win win the Stanley Cup that year. It was that close. It's a 2-1 game. They get an empty netter and win a 3-1 game seven. I was there. I mean, there were chances. Rafi Torres in game five, six, and seven was unbelievable. Tomorrow on Oilers Now. Take a look at your script, Brendan. Tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow on Oilers Now, Louis DeBrusque. Jeez, I wonder where he is. Like Boston. Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Uh, time uh, permitting, we'll get to a conversation with Peyton Krebs. And uh, still working on more and more guests. It's a fluid show. What's coming up tonight on uh, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins? They are live from Remax Fields. Uh, Medicine Hat in town taking on the Edmonton Prospects. Kirk McCaskill, who played in not only the MLB, but he was a Winnipeg Jets draft pick back in the day as well. And the original general manager of the Toronto Raptors, Glenn Grunwald. It's there a you loaded go. show. There you go. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Cassandra Jodwan and then the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen and I. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet.